Well, sometimes when we hear the word relapse, we have a picture, maybe a, a definition in our mind of what that means. Maybe we connect it uh, solely to substance abuse or pornography, but relapse is much deeper than just those substances and pornography, those things that we can mark in very cleanly with our recovery. What does it look like to lean into the definition on a broader scope of relapse and And what does it mean to relapse into some of those old action tendencies? Today, we're going to be visiting with a guest and unpacking this important topic, relapse. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official. This is a podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, and leadership wisdom, all centered around the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and the Celebrate Recovery principles uh, that help us to face our hurts under God's power to to deal and address with those uh, and combat those old core beliefs that may not be the way God sees us, that challenge us to see ourselves, God, and others, and even our circumstances in unhealthy ways that find us and in some unhealthy coping strategies that cause havoc in our life. Uh, Jesus wants to bring healing through this process, and that's what Celebrate Recovery does. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the Global Field Director of Celebrate Recovery, and uh, glad to have you guys back. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Absolutely uh, love the ratings and the feedback that you're giving us on the actual podcast threads and and then sharing on social media or email or text or however uh, you listen and, and share with your friends. Thanks for helping us get the word out. And thanks for the ideas that are rolling in for future topics. Keep those coming in because we want to provide content that feeds your soul to help you in the middle of the week in between uh, meetings. So, hey, I'm so excited. Uh, I've got a a dear brother in Christ uh, joining me today. Buck is uh, is, uh, a state rep, but also a team lead, but also serves in uh, Oklahoma City at New Church in Oklahoma City. By the way, fun fact, uh, pastored by Tommy Woodard. You may you may know exactly who that is. That That's actually one of the skit guys. So uh, that's their uh, pastor there at New Church in Oklahoma City. But Buck has agreed to come on and uh, have a conversation with us. Glad to have you here, Buck. Thanks, Ronnie. Glad to be on. Yeah. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man, and we'll jump into a conversation. Absolutely. My name is Buck Francis. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with addiction and codependency, uh, mainly codependency at the moment. I've got 17 years of sobriety from alcohol and drugs, Um, you know, just dealing with all the other stuff that goes along with with addiction. Amen. Well, glad to have you here, Buck, and thanks for coming on, man. It means a lot. Thanks for giving up some time. And no, I'm I'm really excited for our listeners just to hear a little bit of your heart and uh, some of those wisdom nuggets that we can all learn from. But so, Buck, we were talking about uh, you and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago just about relapse. And by definition, you know, relapse, it seems like our minds immediately go to, um, well, you must be a drug user, you must be an alcoholic, a porn user, whatever, you know, those kind of those big bucket items that, that tend to be connected with recovery. But but when we talk about relapse, there's a broader definition. What, what does relapse mean to you, Buck, as you're trying to make sense of that? Oh, I think that, you know, I've had different ideas about it for the last 
20 years or so. And, um, you know, I've gone from all ends of the ranges of, well, I took one shot. So I, you know, I tried to cover that up as a relapse. And then I've gone to like all out like food addiction and, and codependency relapse. But, you know, I, if I am really honest about what I, what I look at, at the relapse process, it is a process. Hmm. It's not an event. And, you know, for me in 2006, I had almost three years of sobriety from alcohol Hmm. and I took one shot. So I reset my sobriety date, but in all reality, that, that one shot was the end of the process of relapse. I'd been in relapse for six months. Hmm. Even Even though I hadn't taken a drink, you know, I was isolating, I was making poor decisions. I was stepping back into old behaviors. And so that, that shot for me in that one moment was an attempt at a solution Hmm. because I wasn't working my recovery. And so when I taught on relapse a few weeks ago, you know, obviously I, I, I always go to definitions when I start to look at what I'm, what I'm learning, what I'm teaching, I always try to, to identify what words actually mean. And for me, that, that definition that came up was to, you know, kind of talking about a physical medical relapse, if you will. And it was to slip or fall back into a former worse state Hmm. or a recurrence of symptoms after a period of improvement. And so it made me think like, okay, that's, that's not just taking a drink or a drug. That's yeah. not watching watching an inappropriate movie. That's not having an inappropriate relationship necessarily. That's that's the things in my head and my heart that I'm starting to think about and and struggle with before I take that drink. Yeah. Say so. Say that one more time, Buck. The reoccurrence. Say that that safe statement that you say because I yeah, think it's a, so a, important. It is. It's a reoccurrence of symptoms after a period of improvement, and so that that came from, a, I think that was from a medical journal, you know, that was a medical definition. And then they were talking about a disease, um, a, a cancer in the body or something of that nature. And I started thinking about that as far as our recovery goes, because man, it's so hard to define relapse because, and, and when it's, it's easy for us to go, okay, you took a drink, that's a relapse, set, re, set your sobriety day. Let's, yeah. let's start working on a new program. What do you need to do? Who do you need to be accountable to? Yeah. But what about that three or four months leading up to something like that when we're withdrawing from our meetings, when we're not answering all of our step study questions or we're, yeah. you know, having we're having conflict with our family or our friends or we're not showing up to our commitments. Those are the behaviors. Those are the symptoms. Mm. And so the drink or the food or the porn or the drug or whatever it is that I take on day 60 is just me trying to cope. And so I think that, you know, when, when I was looking at this, it was the, the start of relapse is uncomfortable feelings. Yes. Yeah. Not being, not being secure in myself, not being comfortable with myself. And, and that really comes from a, an old um, process that I was introduced to years ago in, in counseling from a, a company called Leadum counseling and consulting. Mm. And they, they talk about this model for, for relapse and it all starts with that uncomfortable, uncomfortable feelings that if we don't address and cope with properly lead to that unhealthy coping mechanism. 
yeah ultimately possibly back to our drug of choice and so that those coping mechanisms can be anything they can be the withdrawal they can be the you know the anger or the food or whatever we're we're dealing with mm. yeah in in the previous uh, podcast uh, I, re- I did one talking a little bit about relapse as well some thoughts that i had personally on that and and one of the things I talked about, I think really is resonating with what you're talking about is that stage one is kind of that bottling of emotions. And, and what right. you're talking about is, you know, those uncomfortable feelings is, am I listening to my body? Am I listening to my heart and my thinking, right? All those things that are happening inside of me, my body is trying to talk to me. Do I press on and push through and ignore it? Or do I stop and, and honor that, invite that in to try to put that into words? Is that kind of what you're saying there? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really, I, I think for me, what it's kind of leading to right now in this journey of discovery is that I thought I was doing a daily inventory and, and I was. Mm-hmm. But what I realized is that I was missing a few things, missing a few key questions of asking my myself, like, why am I doing this? Or can I afford to keep doing this? Mm. <laughs> and so I, yeah, it's like going, okay, where am I doing that heart check, you know, halt, whatever we want to do, whatever we want to call it, whatever acronym we want to use. My, my favorite is the halt. You know, if I'm getting squirrely, am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Mm. Right. And checking in with myself, and it can be so many things. Like if I'm tired, what am I tired from? Am I yeah. tired of dealing with the stress of a situation? Am I tired of trying to put on a mask? Am I tired of, you know, working the way I work? Am I tired of, you know, experiencing something? Yeah, I love I love those questions too. I mean, it seems so... <laughs> Uh, so simple, but man, so complex. It, you know, it makes sense because coming into recovery, we avoided these questions, and now we're trying to learn how to to develop a new vocabulary. I love that those questions. Why am I doing this, and can I afford to keep doing this? What's the yeah. cost, right? It, 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 right? What's the cost if I if I stay on this track that yeah. ultimately, eventually, it's going to crash, right? Right. And I, I think that, you know, I've been I've been listening to a lot of minimalism podcasts and trying to kind of figure out some some new ideas about how to clean up the clutter of our lives, both figuratively and literally. Yeah. And a lot of these questions, it's so funny because there's it can apply to if I'm buying something or if I'm committing to something or if I'm saying yes to something. And, and it's really like for me, what I realize is there's kind of three tiers of questions. Mm. And the first tier is easy. The first tier is, am I capable of doing this? Mm. Or am I capable of, can I afford this, right? Um, Do I enjoy this? Yeah. This is talking about my codependency and my commitment to other things. And then is this a good thing to do, Mm. right? And so those are easy. Like, sure, I, I can do this. I got the skills. Do I enjoy it? Yeah, this is, I love CR. I love serving. Is this a good thing to do? Of course it is. It's yeah. serving God, right? This is where I tend to stop if I'm not careful because they're so easy to answer. But mm. then the next level of question is, do I have time mm-hmm. to do this? 
do I have the energy or the money to do this? Those are a little harder because then it's like, okay, do I have the time? I, I'm sure I can, I can grind it out. I can make the time. I can, I, yeah, I just, I just won't have as much margin, right? Sure. I have the energy and the money. I'll, I'll figure out, you know, if I need to drink an extra pot of coffee today. Okay, great. But then the, the following level is where it really starts to get hard because it's who am I doing this for? Mm. Um, am I operating in codependency mm. by doing this, buying this, saying this? Is someone else better suited to meet the need? Or is there something else I have that could be an alternative? Yeah. And then what you just said, what is the opportunity cost? Yeah. What do I have to give up? And then for me, you know, you didn't say this in the intro, but um, as a state rep and an Oklahoma team lead, I'm stepping down from those roles mm-hmm. in a month. And it's one of the hardest things I've ever done mm. because it, it, I, I was doing so many good things. Yeah. I was, I was serving, I was trying to build the recovery community. I was trying to build network. I was trying to bring people to Jesus through bigger systems and bigger systems and bigger systems. Mm. But what I failed to acknowledge was that I was giving something else up as I, as I piled those commitments on and didn't pass those, pass some of the other things on to other people was that my time with my kids became less and less quality. Mm -hmm. I might, I might've been there, you know, I might've been at dinner at McDonald's with my boys but I might've been thinking about what I needed to do after dinner or what I, what I, the conversation I had right before I left the office or all those things. And my relationships really started to suffer. And, um, yeah, it all, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's kind of that, you know, I may have been there physically, but my tank just didn't have enough in it to give what I needed. So it's that, it's that, is it good or is it best? Right. Right. Yeah. Is this best and, based on the season that I'm in or what's going on? Right. Yeah. And ultimately what, what happened was this summer, you know, like you said, like listening to our bodies, I, I wasn't paying attention to my body. I was, I was depressed. I was hurting. I was always sick. I was always fatigued. And this summer I was just in this place of, I, I am confused about what's going on in my body. Cause I'm doing all these things that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, Mm. And I had to sit down and literally do a, a an inventory on my commitments, mm. my responsibilities. And when I when I really put things to paper, it was it was really kind of frightening at how much I had committed to. <laughs> and it's like what the heck? <laughs> like what did I do? You know, because I mean, and some of it was because of other people, right? right? Like whenever I became a state rep, the idea was that. You know, I was I was doing a couple of different roles in my local CR as ministry leader and training and yeah. you know some of the ambassador role. And the idea was that there were going to be a couple of people come up behind me and I was stepping into that state rep role. Yeah. And then they didn't come up behind me. I was like, I'll just I'll just keep going. Yeah. Keep and grinding. I became out. a state rep over two or three different areas and yeah. you know, it just became this perpetuating problem. And I was like, I can handle it. Yeah. Well, I, I need to take a quick break here, Buck, but when we come back, I'd love to kind of hear, you know, you kind of came to this conclusion, some things have to go. 
I'd love to kind of hear when we come back from the break, just what are some of the things that you learned? What were some visible things that you were seeing? You mentioned not being present with your kids at dinner, uh, but just kind of so that for our listeners, as we're evaluating our own hearts, that that may have been, been some things that you learned about your codependency specifically. I know you mentioned that and uh, what you learned from that that might be helpful for our listeners. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And, and when we come back, we'll we'll continue this uh, conversation. Having a great conversation with Buck. He's a um, ministry leader, state reps, team lead in, at New Church in Oklahoma City and uh, sharing some good conversation around relapse. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Stick with us. Hey, friends, if you're looking for an additional meeting, maybe you need something in addition to your in-person meeting. We have an online open share meeting every single Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time. You can literally go to CelebrateRecovery.com, find the link and join people from all over the world, really. And uh, we have a Devo, a testimony, and then we break up into gender specific uh, open share small groups where you can share uh, for an hour and, and talk and connect with other people. Join us every Wednesday noon Pacific time for our online open share meeting. Welcome back. Talking with Buck and and Buck. Right before the break, we were we were just talking about this codependency, and that's a kind of a confusing term for a lot of people. Before we get into that, can you just kind of give me for those that this may be a foreign concept, what the heck is codependency? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the codependency has a plethora of definitions, but I think what I've had to boil it down to is that. When I seek to get my value and worth from other people hmm. rather than God, that's being codependent. When I do things to make people like me, when I do things to influence an outcome, when I do things to um, make other people do what I want them to do, yeah. like codependency and control go hand in hand for me because, and I think, okay this is the way I think it should be. So I'm going to set this, this train of, of things into motion so that these people do these things because that's what I think is the right thing to do. Mm. And then I get really upset or disappointed or resentful when they don't do what I think they should do. Yeah. 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 I love (laughs) Or, Or they don't give me that big pat on the back or the big attaboy or the big post on Facebook saying, Oh, look how marvelous Buck is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like it becomes its own drug, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you get that, if you get that hit, so to speak of, I get the pat on the back, the public acknowledgement is like, Oh, that felt great. And then, and then we're looking for the next one, right? right and and right. it reminds me of that Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. I think that's the right reference. But one translation says, you know, that fear of man brings a snare, but uh, <laughs> fear of God, we will be exalted, right? So that, that's kind of the heart of codependency is I'm so afraid of letting man down. It literally brings a snare. It brings death. And, yeah. and, you know, that, that's not the way God designed it. He wants us to put our trust and uh, reverence in him and then set some healthy boundaries. But so as you're walking through this, Buck, as you're kind of realizing, man, things are out of whack, out of balance. My capacity is not the same as 
this person's capacity and I can't compare myself to other people. What are some of those things for our listeners that you began to see that became those red flags for you, the indicators, those action tendencies that said, "Uh oh, things are out of balance here. You mentioned your kids at dinner, but what's some of those other things that you uh, became aware of? Yeah, I I think that it really did. It it centered around my health and my relationship with my kids. And and for me as a father, you know, I'm a father of eight (laughs) and I have five out of the the house off the payroll, um, but I still have three at home. And um, what I I was experiencing those health problems and the depression and and anxiety and, and things that were really starting to bog me down. And I it was like, okay, medication, and I'm not getting enough sleep. I've got sleep apnea. My weight's not under control. So my, my self-care started to really suffer, right? But then it was little things like when I try to talk to my daughter, and we were in the same room, and we were having a conversation, but I didn't feel the connection. Mm. I didn't feel. I didn't feel like this is a valuable moment or a memorable moment. I felt like she's just trying to get out of the conversation. Mm. Um, that hits hard. as I walked, it, it was, it was brutal. And and as I walked through this, this inventory and I've ranked, I literally listed off all these things that I have committed to, or the things that I know I want to do in my family and ministry and work. And I ranked them all. I I ranked myself at about a seven or an eight on all my work stuff and ministry stuff. And then I got to children and family and it it was about a three or a four. Mm. And I thought for a moment, I was like, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too hard on myself. You know, maybe, maybe I'm listening to the wrong voices on the CR stuff Mm. and the work stuff. Maybe things aren't quite as good as I think they are. And maybe I'm just setting the bar too high on my family. And I thought, uh, I'll talk to, I'll, I'll pray about it. Yeah. And a couple of weeks later, I talked to my 14 year old daughter who is honest and healthy and copes well with things. And I walked her through this process that I had gone through. And when I asked her, what do you think about ministry? Where would you put me one to 10? Right. So she, you see me in CR, you see me at church. And she looked at me, she's like, I'm, say about a seven or an eight. And Rodney, I had that for a very split second, that moment, that feeling of pride just welled up in me. Like, Mm. yeah, she sees it. She knows like, okay, this is awesome. Like my daughter sees the sacrifice and she sees what I'm doing. Right. And then I looked at her and I said, what about family? And I've kind of described some of the things like prayer and Bible study and devotion time and training them and discipling them and spending fun time together with them. And she had this like sheepish look on her face. And I said, well, you can tell me. She goes, probably about a three or four. Wow. And it, and it was like, okay. So I, I wasn't off base. And then that was just this reality check for me. And so when my 14 year old daughter is giving me that rating, my home score is what we were, what we're calling it now. Um, is my home score going up or is my home score going down? Hmm. Uh, and, and so it's, it's things like taking time to pray with my kids, not just checking it off at bedtime, but what are we praying about and why are we praying and what are we, what are we talking to God about? 
what are we learning in the word? You know, what are, what are mom and dad learning in the word? What are you learning in the word? What scripture are we talking about? And not just doing the check off the list at the, at the end of the night, but really trying to dive into our feelings and understanding what our, what our coping skills are mm-hmm. and what, how we're dealing with the things that we're dealing with. And so for me, it, it's, it's really been about a journey of discovery in the respect of clearing away the clutter. Mm-hmm. And that was clearing away the commitments. I, I had to decide what, what has to go. You know, because there was an extreme moment where I said, everything has to go. <laughs> I thought I need, to, I need to just walk away from everything except my family. And, <laughs> and luckily I had some good guidance and, and some counsel on that, that that's not, I don't think that's the right thing. You know, yeah. maybe step back from, and the hardest one is like, I, I, I got to give up the team lead. I got to give up the state rep mm. role because that's where I was putting so much of my, yeah my value and worth or trying to get it. And, and so really trying to focus in on what's, what's most important in my life on a daily basis with the people in my home and the people in my church and community. Am I spending that one-on-one time with the newcomer? Yeah. Because I was so focused on all the things we got to do in CR and, and a perfect example is if I'm at the church at six fifteen and I've got, the slide, something's wrong with the slides. And we start at six 30. Am I working on the slides and letting the newcomer that just walked in the door sit there by himself? Yeah. That's and the, that's what I was doing. Yeah. That's a good. That's, what I, that's where my priority lied at the moment. Yeah. And I had to, I had to recognize, okay, I'm not doing those things and I need to clear away the clutter around those. And as part of the minimalism process that I've been walking through, it's like, as I get rid of things, as I kind of clear away the wreckage, clear away the junk, mm-hmm. it's like it makes the things that are at the bottom more important that are truly valuable shine. Right. And I can see them, right? Um, I can see the moments with my kids now. I can see the look in their eyes when they're seeing what I'm actually saying and they're they're responding. I can I can walk through a moment with a an accountability partner saying, okay, I understand what you're going through. Instead of just rushing through it to get to the next thing, I can spend some time. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's all, it's been all about this. Where do I really need to focus my attention? Mm-hmm. Where do I need to put my time, my energy? And do I have enough time for myself? <laughs> yeah. I, I found one of the most damaging things was that I was checking a box of prayer and Bible study. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was praying every day and I was, you know, reading a Bible plan or listening to a podcast or, and I, I counted that as my time and time with God. And in reality, I wasn't spending any time with him at all. Yeah. And so that's another thing that I've been really trying to yeah. hyper-focus on is how do I get back to communion with God? Yeah. Yeah, so it's good. It's good to kind of understand, and and I love just being reminded that everyone has a different capacity. I think of it like a tabletop that, mm-hmm. you know, we all have a different um, kind of space, you know, parameters that, you know, your your capacity may be bigger than mine and, and not trying to make my capacity match your capacity, knowing what my limits are. And it feels like kind of what I hear you saying is, when when balls start rolling off the table 
that means something maybe I've got too much on my table. So I need to, it's not that, that I don't do anything, right? We don't want to shut down right. and be kind of in a hermit. It's like, well, I'm not going to do anything because God right. does call us, right? He calls us to serve. It's just knowing if I'm saying yes to too many things that my most important priorities are falling off the table. Uh, I love right. someone said that I can't remember who said it, but you know, um, ministry or work are, are like rubber balls. If they fall off the table, they'll bounce back. But the right. family is like a glass ball. It, oh, it, it just shatters. <laughs> it doesn't that's bounce good. back, right? So it's knowing, yeah. am I taking care of those highest priorities, right? And, right. and right. kudos to you for, for knowing your limits and your capacity and and listening to your wise daughter, right? And the kudos for her for the courage to speak truth, right? Definitely. <laughs> Where, like I, I, I am so grateful. Yeah. Where there's honesty, there's healing, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, that's so good. Well, Buck, what would you say to somebody, you know, again, through that lens of relapse, I'm re, I'm lapsing back into some old tendencies. And again, that reoccurrence of symptoms after a season of improvement, I think is the way you said that. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to someone that, that may be uh, on that in that place, what would you do? What would you say to encourage them uh, to not ignore that, uh, to move forward? What would you say to them if they're in that space? Hey, I, I really do encourage people to ask those questions, um, whether it's about spending money or making commitments, be honest about why you're doing it. Yeah. Why, why am I about to say yes to this commitment? Why am I about to say yes to this purchase? Why am I about to say yes to whatever it is? Hmm. And really evaluate in an honest way, why? Yeah. And, and ask those questions, not just the easy ones that say, can I do it? Can I afford to do it? But what's it going to cost me? Hmm. And it, it, I think that why I, I struggle with this for myself potentially being labeled a relapse is because I've gone through that before with other things. Right. So yeah. like, and schedule, like my wife and I have, have always kind of agreed that, okay, we have a certain amount of time and, you know, we've got something going on Mondays and something going on Wednesdays and something going on Fridays. Yeah. If you want to say yes to a thing on Tuesday, which one of those other things needs to go. Yeah. And somewhere along the way we lost track of that conversation yeah, and that, that analysis, if you will, that budget. Um, and then really what I would encourage people to do is take a, take a, take a written budget, hmm. not of your money, but of your time yeah. and block out those times that you need for God, block out the times you need for self-care, block out the times you need for your family and whatever's left then goes to, yeah. ministry the things that and make those the the non-negotiables yeah i love that and that's a great principle if i'm going to take this on what am i going to let go you know right. it's being realistic what's my capacity i can't afford to give up another night so that means this other thing has to go in order to be able to fulfill this and is this new thing that i'm trying to take on what's my motive in that is it is right. it because I want to make that other person happy or is this something that 
is in my strike zone that meets my gifts? You know, um, it, is it good for my rhythm and balance? I mean, there's all kinds of questions you could ask. Right. That. Uh, why am I yeah. doing this? So good, good stuff, man. Well, man, I love your heart and I'm stinking proud of you for one, <laughs> asking these questions and, and then with uh, rigorous honesty, uh, responding to those with, with your true heart and, Proud of you for courageously taking steps to get yourself in a healthy rhythm space, man. I'm proud of you, and I know your wife probably is too. Oh yeah, your kids. and my kids, man. They're all they're all pretty happy that they're going to get dinner with daddy a little more often. Uh, that's great. Well, I love you, brother. I appreciate who you are most of all, but but thanks for all that you do, and and grateful that you're uh, evaluating honestly the things that you are doing and making sure that what you are doing, you're doing well. Uh, doing what's best, not just what's good. Good stuff. That's man. right. All Thanks, right. Rodney. Love you too. And and I'm praying for you guys and praying for the team. All right, buddy. Thanks so much, brother. Well, I hope I hope uh, our listeners, if you're listening in, that you feel encouraged and blessed. That some great questions as I'm thinking about a relapse. And Buck Buck touched on that. That usually the problem is not the problem. It's a symptom of a greater problem. And so if there's some things underneath the surface that need to be addressed, why am I doing this? Can I afford to keep doing this? Good to be honest about that and make some changes. I hope that you'll take that to heart to not lapse back into those old ways of thinking, that reoccurrence of those old symptoms that were making us sick. Hey, thanks so much for being with us today. I hope that you found it encouraging. Please be sure to share this with your friends. Be sure to join us next time. Thanks for being with us today. Until next time, God bless you.